0: Bolt your windows and turn off the lights! Welcome to Michael Myers Minute, where we delve into the 1978 horror classic Halloween one minute at a time. I'm your host, Robert Black. Minute seven begins in Judy's bedroom. We see through Michael's eyes from behind the mask. Judy's body. Bloody. Her leg moves, but only to confirm that she's dead or dying. From the novelization. He remembered looking at her almost unrecognizable remains on the floor and hearing the little boy voice saying, uh oh, you're gonna get in a lot of trouble when mommy and daddy get home. From the script. The POV moves back away from the sister's lifeless body, spins around and careens out of the bedroom. Note the careens the film, Michael does not careen. He doesn't really do anything quickly. He does walk down, out of the bedroom, and then down the stairs and out the front door. Getting into IMDb goof, as we will do from time to time, second 23. When Judas Keller runs down the stairs and exits the Myers home, you can hear the click of the cylinder catch as they close the door behind them. That's second 23 goof continues as the killer is revealed to be her younger brother Michael and the camera pans out the front door is obviously open instead of being shut that second 30 so yes you do hear the door close but the door is open the car approaches mother and father exit the car mother is Edith in the novel Audrey in the Chaos Comics Deborah in the 2007 remake our maiden name is Taylor I don't know who's playing her here I haven't been inserting in these remixes, but I thought I'd insert here in case someone's listening to this show for the first time. This mystery about who plays the mother comes up again and again, and it's one of the couple things I didn't solve. So if you know anything, get in touch. She goes uncredited, and I have seen no note about who she is anywhere online. The Chaos Comics choose to name her Audrey, probably, because... As we'll see in a made-for-TV scene that follows right after this minute, Michael's middle name is Audrey. In the novel, Edith's grandfather was executed by hanging after shooting a couple at a dance in the 1890s. We'll get back to that about 20 minutes, I think it is. I think it's around minute 37-38, when Sheriff Brackett tells the story to Loomis. It is something Loomis doesn't know about Michael or the Myers family. The novelization does not comment on it, but this suggests a matrilineal link for the curse passed down from Enda in the prologue, which will eventually link into the next generation in one Halloween timeline, at the end of Halloween 4 as Jamie stabs her mother. Father is Peter Myers, Donald, in the novelization. He's portrayed by George O'Hanlon Jr. O'Hanlon's previous credits include Schlock, Our Time... Where Have All the People Gone, The Missing Are Deadly, Rafferty and the Gold Dust Twins, The MASH TV Show, Smash Up on Interstate 5, Petruccelli, The Hardy Boys' Nancy Drew Mysteries, where Jamie Lee Curtis auditioned for the role of Nancy Drew, by the way, and The Evil. For the larger story, outside just this film, they have three children, Judith, Michael, and Cynthia. And can I just say, I... Wish there was more access to this stuff. Like, I'm getting character names from the wikis. Because while there were comics from Chaos Comics and Devil's Due, they're not readily available. They're not in print currently. They're not digitized. The novelization, you can't really buy. I think the cheapest I've seen a copy of it is like $140. And I wasn't spending that, so I found I found someone who had an EPUB. I methodically copied and pasted pieces I would need to put into my script for these episodes. There's behind the scenes documentaries. There's a few of them, but they all cover a lot of the same material. They're, nothing is as thorough. To be fair, I haven't watched these yet, but I have them on my watch list on Shutter. As Never Sleep Again, the Elm Street documentary, it's four hours long. Crystal Lake Memories is almost seven hours long. I mean, I did. Recently received uh Halloween 25 Years of Terror, two-disc set, which has a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. I haven't had a chance to watch it. But the documentaries I've seen, a lot of them cover the same stuff. And I wish there was a little more. And it occurred to me, as I'm going off script here for a moment, maybe that's what I'm doing. Putting all this behind-the-scenes information together, putting all of the location information, the history, the philosophy, uh, the stuff from the John Carpenter book, the Jamie Lee Curtis book, from whatever I can find... And piecing it together in this minute-by-minute format makes it work. I hope. Anyway, note the following from the script. At top speed, the POV races through the darkened house to the front door, out the door, down the steps, and rapidly up the street. The camera careens along in frenzied flight up the sidewalk, up a small side alley, down someone's backyard, then to a sudden abrupt halt in front of mother and father just coming out of a neighbor's house. In the script, Michael runs to them. In the film, they're just arriving home from wherever they have gone. I think the canon is that they went to the movies, but I don't know. Mother and father stare at the POV. That's the script. At first in puzzlement, then slow-growing horror. In the script, the mother speaks. In the novelization, and in the film, the father does. Michael. They made a close shot on Michael. You know, the big reveal. Father's hand reaches up and rips off the Halloween mask. Second 30, revealing Michael. Six. Underneath. A bright-eyed boy with a calm, quiet smile on his face. That's what the script says. Film Michael doesn't smile. Will Sandin. Had just turned nine on April 8th. Michael is, of course, supposed to be six this time. This is Will Sandin's only film credit on IMDb. The camera pulls back. I believe this is the only shot in the film where they have a crane. It raises up. We see that this young boy is holding a bloody knife. And on the one hand, his parents stand around awkwardly. And yeah, that's worth making fun of. But also we get to another IMDb goof, which I don't think is a goof. I think arguably it's some supernatural element. The house was previously dark. As the crane goes up, we see that the lights are on. I guess creepy freshman murderer Michael Myers needs a little backlighting. The crane rises, and the minute ends. Before we go, though, I want to talk about the real Michael Myers. And no, I don't mean the actor from Wayne's World and Austin Powers, and so I married an axe murderer. Though if anyone listening knows Mike Myers, I would love to have him as a guest. Pass it on. No, I mean the supposed inspiration for this character in Stanley Steers, who, well, I think Stanley Steers is entirely an invention of, apparently the original source, Xavier Remington, which sounds like a pseudonym, at mysticinvestigations.com. As is the case with many supernatural occurrences, the government covers up the truth and suppresses any media from reporting on the facts for many reasons, including the prevention of public panic. Virtually all evidence related to the real Michael Myers has vanished into thin air, writes Remington. No red flags there that this is all made up. Stanley Steers was supposedly born in 1912, and Stanley's dark journey into living diabolical damnation began as a child deeply abused by both his drunken parents after they found out he was not their biological child. Their real child was taken home by another couple, and all three died in a car crash on the way home from the hospital. It was found out later that a malevolent nurse would switch babies in the nursery just for sick kicks. The nurse was in jail for a time, but once she got out, she was later killed by Stanley. Stan's abusive adopted parents had another baby, a girl named Susie, who they purposely treated like a princess, she later became abusive towards Stanley as well. And I'm kind of bored of this story already. Remington is basically trying to one-up Rob Zombie on explaining Michael's abused origins. I have numerous questions, like, how did the steers figure out the baby wasn't theirs? It's the 19-teens are these folks in Iowa getting DNA tests on a whim. When 11-year-old Stanley isn't allowed to trick-or-treat in 1923, which we will see in minute 17... Trick-or-treating wasn't, then, the thing we know it as in more recent history. His sister, younger than he is, remember, gets home at midnight from a Halloween party, also not a thing in 1923. He killed her, killed his parents, killed the family dog, Mr. Snookers, which is a nice detail, but then Remington has to ruin it. Quote, Snookers was known as the terror of the neighborhood, so Stanley did everyone a favor on that front. End quote. He supposedly killed several school bullies, killed the entire family of a classmate, but was captured the next sunrise by federal agents who, quote, promptly swooped in to scurry him away to a secret mental institution for further study while suppressing all records of the Halloween night events. <coughs> Please, no one spread this Stanley Steers stuff around anymore. That is all from Minute 7. Michael Myers Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. You can stalk me on Twitter and Facebook at Myers Minute or Instagram Michael Myers Minute or join our Facebook listeners group 45 Lampkin Lane. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a nice review if you like what you hear. Until next time. See you later. Bye. Bye.